0: Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Counterthought, gaslighting. Free Britney and the American people. I apologize right now if I sound a little nasally. Uh, I am currently battling a sinus headache. Um, some severe sinus pressure it has been going on now. This is the third day, and I'm pretty sure this is the only time I've ever had to deal with this in my life. So for that, I consider that a little bit lucky. However, I am not enjoying it. And on Wednesday morning, I woke up and it felt like I had a migraine, but it is sinus pressure. I can feel it. Um, No idea when it's going away. Like I said, this is the third day, but hopefully it goes away soon. And hopefully my voice is not too nasally. uh, But bear with me if it is. So gaslighting. Popular term today, isn't it? I'm sure you've heard of it. I know for me, however, I I never heard of the term until last year in 2020. Uh, And then once I heard the term, I had to look it up. So I'll help you out so you don't have to do that. The term gaslighting means to manipulate, manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Such as, what you think you saw, heard, or did didn't happen. And the reason to do this to someone is to gain power and control over that individual. The term gaslighting originated from the 1944 movie called Gaslight. In that movie, a husband drives his wife literally insane by taking pictures and other items out of the house over time. And then as he sneaks up into the attic, he turns on the lights up there, which is the gas, which removes gas going to the lights downstairs in the wife's bedroom. And the housekeeper, or maid for lack of a better term, sides with the husband and can, and is telling the wife, like, no, you're not seeing the the lights go down in your bedroom, you're imagining that. So that just fuels her insanity. And this continues until she does become ill or is convinced by her husband that she's ill and that she should stay home and be isolated, which feeds the insanity. And that movie, all the way back to 1944, gaslighting is now a term used in psychology today. And it's used to describe similar behavior from that movie. So what are some different forms of gaslighting? I identified seven different forms, seven different primary forms. Um, There are some outlets that I saw or resources that I saw that identify a couple less and a couple more. So I settled on these seven. First one is lying. Lying and sticking to the lie regardless of the proof against you, the gaslighter. And I should say these are all as they apply to the gaslighter from their standpoint. Second one is discrediting someone by spreading gossip and rumors. Third is deflecting blame from yourself. Fourth is minimizing someone's thoughts and feelings. Five is shifting blame away from yourself. Six is denying wrongdoing. Seven, the final one is twisting and reframing conversations. And this is particularly used when discussing past events. Now, before I move on, I just want to say, Lying was number one, but that does not mean that every lie is a form of gaslighting against you. Just to be clear, every lie is not a form of gaslighting against you. Gaslighting is much more methodical and has that ill intent included with it. So there are a couple of examples I wanted to touch on in current news today and going back into last year, the past few years. That involve gaslighting. And the first one is Britney Spears. Free Britney, right? Um, A little more than a week ago, Britney had a day in court um, with tons of support. Hashtag Free Britney. People marching outside of the courthouse and holding up signs everywhere using the hashtag on social media, Free Britney. But she had a court date to um, settle something within her conservatorship which has been going on for 13 years. Uh, And basically what the conservatorship allows is for someone else, primarily her father, that's how it began, Um, but now it's under the control of a separate individual, Jody Montgomery. But during that court date over a week ago, Brittany went on for, I believe it was at least 30 minutes, uh, sharing things that she had never shared before with the court. Different things that she has had to suffer through As a result of this conservatorship and how she has been taken advantage of and controlled through the laws that conservatorship allows over the past 13 years, her dad, Jamie, and the current trustee, I guess is the appropriate term, Jodie Montgomery, to take. Her conservatorship started back in 2008 when she was just 26 years old. Uh, And it began when her life seemed to be spiraling out of control. If you're a Britney fan or a follower of pop culture, um... You may remember that she shaved her head at one point. Uh, That's around that time. Um, Began after her marriage to Kay Fed, or Kevin Federline, who was once a backup dancer for her. Uh, During the 13 years, she was forced to serve, or this is all what Brittany says, she was forced to serve two involuntary stints in a psychiatric hospital. No one knows exactly what took place in that hospital except the court. It is a confidential and sealed record. Uh, Britney's father, Jamie, when her life was going out of control, is the one who created or instituted the conservatorship because she felt that he felt that Britney wasn't capable of managing her own life. And during that conservatorship, Britney has released multiple albums. She's been a star on a TV show, I believe at least for one season, and has performed in Vegas long enough to amass a $60, $60 million fortune or estate. Now, this most recent court um, appearance by Britney, she said that her father forced her to tour against her will. And when she would complain about touring and not wanting to tour, that she was given lithium. And lithium is a powerful psychiatric drug, which Britney claimed in this latest court appearance said that made her feel drunk all the time. And the conservatorship changed hands, as I just mentioned a minute ago, from her father, Jamie Spears, to jody montgomery back in 2019 but jamie spears still controls the finances of the conservatorship over the years um, britney has released some videos i believe on instagram and other media platforms where she's saying you know like i'm fine i'm happy and just trying to smile through it depending on i guess the level of fan that you are of britney you could probably see in those videos especially in hindsight that that did not seem to be the case could tell it was being faked and she admits that in this latest court appearance and says today she is outraged and angry because she can't shake this conservatorship, even though now she's 39 years old and has accomplished all of those things, the tour dates, the albums, the Vegas uh, show or residency, but she's still not able to control her own life. And she also claimed in this last appearance that she didn't even know she could petition to end the conservatorship. She did not know that was an option, which calls into question the motive of her legal counsel. Now, from what I read, her legal counsel is court-appointed, and you could say that her counsel has an ulterior motive to continue to represent her, to continue to be paid by her. So what would be the point of ending the conservatorship? They would stop being paid. But how does all this relate to gaslighting? Well, I think there are a few ways. So there's classic examples of Jamie Spears shifting blame. He shifts blame whenever he says that he can't help Brittany because of no communication with her. Uh, this was a, a response that he had this past week to what she said in the courtroom. He says, hey, I can't help my daughter. Um, there's no communication with her. I can't communicate with her. So he's shifting blame. And in his uh, most recent court filing, he says for the past two years that he's over, only overseen Britney's finances and nothing medical. Well, what what about the other 11 years? What about all, all those stints in uh, the psychiatric hospital and, like Britney said, going on tour, being forced to go on tour, and, and if not, she was given a psychiatric drug lithium. Uh, Jamie Spears also denies wrongdoing by saying he's protecting her with the actions that he's taken over those 13 years. But is he really? If what Brittany's saying is true, it doesn't sound like it. Maybe that was his intention in 2008 when this began. But over time, and many people are claiming that, he's just become drunk with the power that it gives him. I mean, controlling $60 million and living off of that, off of your daughter's success... I mean, surely it seems like she's done enough to prove that her life is in order over the course of these 13 years. Also, Jody Montgomery, which I mentioned is now in charge of, I guess, like the trustee of the conservatorship. Jody also denies wrongdoing because this past week, Jody Montgomery claimed that the conservatorship doesn't prevent Brittany from getting married or having kids, which is what Brittany stated in this most recent court appearance that she's not even able to get married or have kids, I guess she has a court ordered IUD and in order to get that removed, she would have to have uh, the court allow it. And also, Jamie Spears is most likely lying when he says he isn't power hungry off of the control he has over Brittany and the $60 million estate. One final thing that she did mention in her latest court appearance, Brittany said that she had a phone call just crying to her dad about what all was going on and wanting to be released from this conservatorship and said that she could tell he was just enjoying enjoying that enjoying her crying to him through frustration that he was just eating it up so I say free Britney I was a fan of hers Um, in middle school that's whenever she got popular I think when she started at 16 with baby one more time I had uh, the Britney album her first two yes I'll admit that and I also had a poster of Britney Spears on my wall which I am convinced to this day, whenever I went out of town, I think for a week-long camp of some sort, or trip to somewhere, um, maybe with my dad or whatever. Then I came back and it was no longer on my wall, so I'm convinced to this day that my mother took it down and threw it away. And mom, if you are listening to this episode and you would like to uh, address that with me, I am available. But free Brittany. Obviously there's some gaslighting that has gone on over these 13 years And she's 39 years old, seems to have it together. Even if you are 39 years old, just, I mean, look at all the people who don't have it together, right, but are still able to control their own lives. Just free Britney and give her her life back. Now, political gaslighting. That is where I first heard the term politics, media. Let's get into that a little bit. Political gaslighting occurs by members of Congress and the mainstream media. There's no hiding it. Uh, You can see it if you open your eyes a little bit. Some examples of political gaslighting over the past few years. Let's start with Trump and Russia in the 2016 election. That's been a four-year lie. Um, Representative Adam Schiff of California um, claimed, I was going to say multiple, but we'll say dozens and probably hundreds of times that he has evidence and there's going to be evidence that Nails Trump and pins that he had Russia rig the 2016 election for his victory. Still waiting on that information. Even a special counsel, the Mueller report, was called in for that. And Mueller and his team couldn't find or convict Trump of having any kind of collusion with Russia. That was a four-year lie. Did you believe it? Getting into more present day, President Biden, well, not yet President Biden, But everyone was accusing Trump, this led up to his second impeachment, but accused Trump of the quid pro quo, the original term used for his phone call, his phone conversation with the um, current president of the Ukraine. President Trump in his quid pro quo conversation with the president of the Ukraine. On a conversation with the president, he asked if uh, some information could be looked into about about Hunter Biden and Burisma. And everyone on the left freaked out about how that meant that Trump was trying to use a foreign influence to go after a political opponent. And then you have Joe Biden for years touting how he, when he was in charge of the relationship with Ukraine as vice president to Barack Obama, just loving and talking about this was my strength. I went over there and told them, hey, you need to fire your top prosecutor, Victor Shokin, before I leave the Ukraine today, or you won't get the billion dollars in military aid that we have promised you. What happened? Top prosecutor got fired. But no, 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 no. That wasn't quid pro quo, this for that. No, no, no. That was that was just politics and, and a well-maneuvered action of the state by Vice President Joe Biden there was nothing there. And that eventually led to the House impeachment of Trump once again. But the same thing, Trump did the exact same thing uh, Joe Biden did. But you'd be led to believe President Trump did the exact same thing at the time Vice President Biden did. But you'd be led to believe that Trump sold out the United States and committed treason for what he asked the Ukraine to do. And then now in hindsight, more and more stuff has come out about Hunter Biden getting paid, I believe it's $83,000 a month by Barisma, which is an oil company over there, with no knowledge of oil or the energy sector. But he was on the board all the way through 2019. I think he was on the board for a grand total of about four years or so. Uh, it did overlap with Joe Biden being the vice president. And then now you have Hunter's laptop, which we'll get into here in a second. More information coming out there, text messages, emails, some of which tied back to Joe Biden meeting some of these business dealings and the leaders from other countries that Hunter Biden had met with, that Joe still claims to this day to never have met, never have even discussed with Hunter Biden, his son. Another example of gaslighting is going all the way back into last year, the summer. The mainstream media claiming that there are no riots or looting in the summer or fall of 2020. And that they were, quote, mostly peaceful protests? However, did you know that $2 billion in insured property claims were filed? That's just insured property claims. Imagine the businesses and property that were not insured. That's more than $2 billion for sure. There are also 600 arrests made during those mostly peaceful protests. And more than 20 deaths. But the gaslighting got so bad during the course of last summer in the fall, that I remember a news broadcast went live to a reporter in one of these cities. It might have been Minneapolis at the time, or maybe it was somewhere in Oregon or Seattle. Went to a reporter live, and the reporter is standing there with the chyron down at the bottom of the screen of the TV saying, mostly peaceful protest in such and such city. But you could see a building on fire behind the reporter it's crazy. Still claiming, still gaslighting. Nope. Mostly peaceful protests, riots, looting. Nah, none of that. It's just mostly peaceful protests. And if you're Chris Cuomo, you would just say, who said protests have to be peaceful? Advocating for violence, right? Another example of gaslighting is Democrats say that they will follow the science of COVID-19 to determine COVID policies while setting policies and messaging. That didn't follow the science. That was one of the pledges of now President Joe Biden's campaign in 2020. We will follow the science. We will follow the science. Trump is not following the science, but we, we will follow the science. We will follow the science. I will bring us back to normalcy and we will follow the science of our COVID policies. But when Biden got into office and was in control of the messaging, I don't think he's following the science. His administration's following the science. And that created a huge messaging problem, especially when it came to the vaccination. But they still continued to claim they were following the science. For example, during the uh, campaign season, Kamala Harris, now VP, was asked if she would take the vaccine if it was created under President Trump. She said, nope, I would not take it. I would not trust that vaccine. What happened? What happened? Biden and Harris got elected. And guess who took that vaccine? President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. But I thought she wasn't going to take the vaccine. But she did. And not only that type of confusion, but they continued to wear masks after being vaccinated. And I remember that coming up a ton on a right-leaning media stations. Even asked in the press pool questions like, You know, why is President Biden still wearing his mask? Why is Vice President Harris still wearing her mask? They're vaccinated. They got vaccinated with either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine, which is 95% efficacy and reduces the symptoms if you get COVID to basically a small cold. If you want everyone to get vaccinated, which was their goal, remember 100 million vaccines in the first 100 days, why are you still wearing a mask? And the administration struggled with that so badly. So badly for the first five months or so of the presidency. And that led to millions of people not wanting to get the vaccine because they're being told, hey, if you get the vaccine, you should still mask up. Protect yourself, you know, just be extra cautious, extra careful. And then over here on the other side saying... Also saying, we're following the science. Still wear a mask, even though you're vaccinated. But trust us, we're following the science. Ding. Imagine the little wink with the twinkle in your eye. And then also you had Dr. Fauci flip-flopping several times on the efficacy of the vaccines and saying when masks should be worn and should not be worn. I tell you what, that guy had too much TV time. Too much TV time and he felt like he always had to give an opinion. And based on his question or what show he was on, it seemed like his opinion changed. But they were always following the science. That you can be sure. Another COVID-related one is following the science. Going to keep with that one for a while. While also supporting school closures, even though the science shows that children are not the ones transmitting the virus to one another or to adults, especially compared to the adult-to-adult transmission rates. Or the teachers' unions put the teachers ahead of the students, despite the science, and their emails were even revealed to show that the teachers' unions, I believe AFT, the main one, Weingarten is the leader, that the teachers' unions influence the back-to-school policy of the CDC. And then the CDC adds to the gaslighting about following the science, while in those emails saying that they always consult with the third parties involved. Before setting guidelines to kind of cover their tracks for the influence that the teachers' unions had in the recommendations set forth by the CDC. But the CDC and the administration will assure you they were following the science. There was no influence, just following the science. Hogwash. And then also, the Biden White House said that the CDC director in one interview was speaking from her personal capacity and not on behalf of the CDC whenever she made a statement that schools should be open, even though she was speaking in front of a backdrop with the CDC logo right smack dab behind her. The White House tried to cover that up and say, oh, no, 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 she was speaking from her personal capacity because they weren't quite there yet with opening the schools because the dealings were taking longer than expected with the teachers unions. But they claimed to be following the science, continuing that gaslighting. And then also, why did the CDC director say she had a recurring feeling of impending doom from COVID? Then 30 days changed her message and said that mask requirements for fully vaccinated people. And then 15 days after that said that fully vaccinated people can be maskless indoors and outdoors without social distancing. The data didn't change. The data didn't change from 45 days earlier where she said impending doom. Another messaging problem, but we were assured, following the science. No outside influence, following the science. But she, in, she changed her messaging over the course of those 45 days because the, the Biden administration realized that other states were saying, well, just forget y'all. We're not going to do this dance anymore. Governors are taking it upon themselves to just go ahead and open up their states. Because they were following the science, the true science. And if you remember, if you were following at the time, the response from the White House, they had to scramble, I think, in like one or two days' time after a couple states in a row just said they were going to open up 100%. White House had to scramble and put together some sort of plan, and they marched Joe Biden out there to, I think, the Rose Garden. And he gave a speech to announce that everything was going to be open 100% now across the country, at least on federal property. And then other governors, especially in uh, blue states, started chiming in, chirping up, saying, uh, yeah, we were caught off guard by that. There was no communication by from the White House or his administration saying that this was going to be the case. So once he came out and said that we're opening up 100 percent, we weren't prepared for that. Um, California, to be an example, I think, said that it was going to take 30 days for them to phase into being fully opened up, 30 or 45 days. Uh, there was another state or two, I think um, New York, maybe another one that needed a little bit extra time to, to reach that hundred percent openness, but that was definitely because the White House, even though they claimed they're following the science, hadn't been following the science and then got caught when all these other states just started doing their own thing. And then the White House had to scramble to make it look like they were also following the same science as those other states that decided to open up 100%. I swear it was never-ending, that claim, following the science, following the science. Transparency and following the science. Except there was no transparency, and they weren't following the science. Now, moving away from COVID takes us to cancel culture. Democrats or mainstream media say there is no cancel culture. Whatever you see or hear, it's not happening. People are not being canceled. What are you talking about? However, I'm sure you've noticed on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, anything that had to do with COVID had a flag on it. Whether you were just watching a video or reading a post, some sort of flag that would say either this information is not verified or if you would like to know more information about COVID, click here. It was all over the place. And then you have the cancel culture going into um, the New York Post article about Hunter Biden that Twitter took down and then in cahoots with Facebook, Facebook also took down and anyone who tried to retweet or reshare that New York Post article about Hunter Biden and his laptop had their accounts suspended until that account would remove the tweet or Facebook post altogether. It was crazy. Cancel culture, though, wasn't happening. Remember, it was not happening. And now one of the latest and greatest ones from this past week, if you've been following uh, the national news, if you've been following the national news, is the White House's attempt, along with other prominent Democrats, to convince you that it is the Republicans who have been advocating to defund the police. Now that is absurd. That is absurd. There are tapes going back a year that shows congressmen and uh, senators saying defund. There are records of certain cities that show they defunded. That is absurd, but they're trying to spin it. The White House is trying to spin it. Um, The press secretary, Jen she's made comments about it multiple times this week. One example she gave was, well... President Biden and his uh, rescue package had money set aside in there to help these different cities and, and states add more funding to their uh, law enforcement budget. But you know, the Republicans voted that down, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, that happened. But that's like, it's because the rest of the bill was junk. That's like saying, hey, 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 you know, we we just wanted them to support us for you know the police but if they supported us everyone was going to be fed a pill of cyanide but you know they didn't vote for that so they didn't vote for funding the police the rest of that bill was junk that's why and then they're trying to pick the one little part that was included in there that they could try to stick it to the republicans because of a junk bill that everything else was bad inside but because there was maybe a tiny bit of money included for the police and the republicans didn't vote to pass it that it's the republicans that defund the police well i have some statistics for you think you'd be interested according to forbes back in august of 2020 at that time at least 13 cities voted to decrease their police funding new york city los angeles austin texas san francisco Oakland, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Portland, Philadelphia, Hartford, Connecticut, Norman, Oklahoma, and Salt Lake City. And then you have multiple congressmen and women that supported defunding the police. And for gosh sakes, you had Abigail Spanberger after the 2020 election on a conference call with all of the other congressmen and women say that the defund the police narrative that their party was promoting during the election season almost cost her her House seat and almost cost the Democrats the majority in the House. I think they went from a 30-plus seat advantage down to six, something like that. And then you have Representative James Clyburn, who was a, a big dog in the, um, the Democratic caucus, echoed the same thing as Spanberger. Defund the police hurt them badly. And the only reason the White House is now trying to spin it against the Republicans is because they did some internal polling which showed that defund the police is hurting them again. So they're trying to get rid of it, trying to get that stain out of their clothing because it's going to hurt them and they can see the writing on the wall coming around here in 2022 for the the midterm elections. So let me ask you, Gaslighting is all around us, especially in politics, especially in politics. You have people that you put your trust in, even though you shouldn't put your trust in individuals. Don't put your trust in man, right? But you have elected officials who are engaged in this. You have the media engaged in it. So gaslighting's everywhere. But let me ask you, who is gaslighting who? Democrats and liberals rule media? education, Hollywood, music, culture, social media, and more. Their influence is capable of coordinating messaging across each of those. Have you ever flipped back and forth between CNN or MSNBC? The talking points from the DNC are regurgitated by every anchor and contributor across both of those channels. And then if you toss in CBS, ABC, and NBC News, that's five cable news outlets all saying the same thing every single day. And this tactic is used to achieve each of the seven forms of gaslighting I listed at the outset of this episode. And that's five to one, maybe two. Five to one Democrat or left-wing left, left wing to right-wing conservative um, media outlets, a five to one ratio. Every news cycle, all saying the same thing in order to convince the viewers that what they're saying is true. Five-to-one voices in order to lie, discredit, minimize, distract, shift, deny, and twist or reframe. And this same tactic is used in the liberal newspapers as well. So that five-to-one ratio is probably really more like ten-to-one. And they're counting on that. The mainstream media seeks to control your mind by controlling the narrative and convincing viewers and readers what they are saying is true and that any opposition to what they are saying must be discredited. Does that sound familiar? That's the second form of gaslighting, discrediting the individual. And what boggles my mind is that millions of people that allow their minds to be manipulated. Did you know that there are people out there who don't believe the Mueller report? Which was the special counsel investigation into the Trump-Russia hoax, saying whether to find out if... Trump colluded with Russia in the 2016 election, and there was no evidence that found that, but people still believe that he did, which is crazy. It's time to wake up. Don't allow your mind to be manipulated. Seek the truth. Our minds and our votes are powerful. Don't be reckless with them. And if you can't bring yourself to trust a right-leaning news source, keep trying, because the truth will set you free. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at Counter underscore Thought, on Twitter at Counter underscore Podcast, and on the Counterthought Podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.